Let's uh, switch to something else uh, today because, of course, uppermost in many people's minds is the fallout from what's happened in Afghanistan over the last uh, week or so. Um, and we're going to have a look ahead now to President Biden, who is due to be speaking to the nation on Tuesday evening, uh, early evening UK time, about the end of the war in Afghanistan. Of course, so many of our papers uh, had compelling photographs charting the exit of the US from Kabul airport uh, overnight. Um, some extraordinary images, um, really uh, bringing to a close 20 years, America's longest war, and so many questions, of course, about what happens next. So, crucially, of course, we want to know what we're expecting uh, the president to say so we can speak to simon marks happily at this juncture lbc's washington correspondent um we're expecting president biden to speak about quarter to eight this evening uh, i believe simon what's he likely to say yeah that's exactly right the timing has slipped a bit because originally we thought it was going to be at 6 30 p.m uk time now they say around 7 45 and it's very interesting the focus that the white house is placing on these comments they describe them as remarks about ending the war in Afghanistan and that is absolutely where President Biden wants to focus. He wants to remind the American people that whatever the mess of the last several weeks however botched the military withdrawal effort was, however many people he's left behind in Afghanistan he has made good on the central pledge that he made to the American people in the 2020 election campaign that he was going to bring American troops home from Afghanistan and end America's longest war and from his somewhat embattled national security advisor Jake Sullivan speaking on NBC this morning we also got more detail on what the president is going to say and a pretty clear indication that President Biden is going to use these remarks to try and get in front of the train that is rapidly coming towards him and that of course is the blame game that is getting underway in Washington about the crisis crisis of the last three weeks. Here's what Mr. Sullivan had to say this morning. He got a unanimous recommendation from his Secretary of State, his Secretary of Defense, all of his civilian advisors, all of his commanders on the ground, and all of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, that the best way to protect our forces and the best way to help those Americans was to transition this mission. If he sounds pretty vehement there, it's because there are wagging tongues in this town, particularly at the Pentagon, but also in some of the corridors of other major government departments, uh, where those who have been urging President Biden to slow the pace of this military withdrawal have indicated that their advice to the president was ignored. And President Biden, in those remarks later today, seems pretty set to issue all of them with a warning. I'm not going to let you depart and split yourselves from me as congressional hearings get underway here. I want the public to know that I did exactly what you told me to do. It's interesting you're saying that, um, Simon, that, you know, he wants to move on from the mess. I mean, will the US public let him? How's his uh, whole, how are his uh, ratings faring in the wake of this, in the immediate wake of what we saw overnight? 
Well, we've definitely seen uh, that his, his approval ratings have slipped again in the latest poll that was conducted before the final US flight departed from Kabul. It was absolutely clear that his approval rating is uh, now heading south of around 48% and may take a further hit as a result uh, of the images of the last few days. Uh, and the difficulty that President Biden largely faces now is that while he says he has an enduring commitment to the 200 American citizens who have been left behind in Afghanistan and the countless thousands of Afghans who helped the Americans over the last 20 years. His top communications staff are letting reporters know that President Biden wants to move on from Afghanistan and believes that the American public wants to move on from it as well. So there's already talk about using the month of September not to talk about Afghanistan, but to focus on the battle against COVID-19, uh, the need to get his infrastructure spending bill passed by the United States Senate. And to hear men like the Pentagon spokesman John Kirby speaking on NBC today, you'd almost think that leaving a couple of hundred American citizens behind in Afghanistan was always part of the plan. It's yeah. not completely unlike the way we do it elsewhere around the world. I mean, we have uh, Americans that get stranded in, in, uh, in countries all the time, uh, and we do everything we can uh, to try to facilitate safe passage, and we have, uh, we have made it very clear what our expectations are to the Taliban. But that means the ball is very much in the Taliban's court, and that's before we get to the issue of ISIS-K terrorists who seem to be able to operate in Afghanistan with impunity and who would love to hit at American targets and those Afghans who supported American interests in Afghanistan, of whom there are thousands now right on their doorstep. And it is an extraordinary thought, actually, as you flagged there, Simon, that this, you know, he might want to move on for this, but he... You know, his fate on that front is in the hands of the Taliban and these precious few hours where we begin to try to work out if they're even remotely trustworthy. Yeah, I think that's right. I mean, it wasn't just the end to America's longest war that we witnessed yesterday with the with the final departure of uh, the last American troop. It was also the end of America's diplomatic presence in the Afghan capital. There is no U.S. ambassador in Afghanistan now. The embassy completely abandoned. No diplomatic team there. They've all been relocated to Doha from where now they say they're going to exert diplomatic leverage over the Taliban in a bid to make sure that the Taliban makes good on their promise that Americans stuck in Afghanistan and the Afghans who helped the international forces there will be allowed to leave by, by what route is very hard to understand at the moment because, uh, of course, there's still no uh, routine operations at Kabul airport following the American departure. But it's a, it's a hugely high-stakes gamble. The Americans believe that the Taliban crave international recognition and respectability. Anthony Blinken, in the weeks and months leading up to this botched military withdrawal, would regularly threaten that if the Taliban didn't do things the way the Americans wanted them to do them, they would be branded pariahs. But, you know, being branded a pariah up until now for the last 20 years has very much been on brand for the Taliban. So uh, this all sort of relies on the Islamist militants who have been America's enemy for the last 20 years, having had some kind of complete character change over the course of the last two decades. And of course, Simon, we can't ignore that it is the 20th anniversary of the September 11th attacks uh, looming. Uh, the reason the president wanted to stick 
stick so firmly to the 31st of August to get away from that date, it is still going to be a clear and very difficult marking point, isn't it, for very many people, not least the president himself. Yeah, I mean, every September the 11th in this country is a very solemn day uh, marked by uh, all sorts of commemorations in New York, here in Washington and in other parts of the country uh, regarding the events of September the 11th, 2001. But the 20th anniversary is, is clearly going to be a big moment for America. And it's going not to be in, entirely the moment that President Biden anticipated it would be. I mean, he was hoping for a military withdrawal that was going to be smooth for all the talk that they knew it was always going to be messy. They had no idea it was going to be uh, like it's turned out to be over the last three weeks. Uh, there will, of course, be commemorations and an opportunity for the president again to remind Americans that he's done what he said he was going to do. Majorities of American people in polling consistently have said they wanted America's longest war to end, but he's going to be doing it against the backdrop, presumably still by September the 11th, of having perhaps as many as 200 American citizens behind what were enemy lines in Afghanistan in a country that 20 years on still once again appears to be a haven for terrorist activity, even though President Biden on numerous occasions over the last, even just the last month, has claimed that America's mission to cleanse Afghanistan of its opportunity to be just that, a haven for terrorism, had been accomplished. It's evident that that mission hasn't been accomplished at all. And just be, before we let you go, um, Simon, just checking on the other story that made a lot of the British press uh, this morning and is still being talked about a lot here in London. And this uh, idea that there have been briefings overnight that the Abbey Gate at Kabul Airport remained open in the lead up to the terrorist attack last Thursday because of, uh, you know, according to some sources in America, because of British evacuation efforts. Um, it's, it's been interesting that the UK government has been very, very careful to, to not comment any further on that. Has there been any line out of the States on that? Uh, well, they've tried to avoid commenting on it as well. These uh, claims were first published by the website Politico, an absolutely explosive investigative report that painted a picture of uh, the chaos and drama that was taking place in the Pentagon uh, over the last few days that US forces were on the ground in Kabul and, of course, in the run-up to that suicide bombing attack last Thursday. And the report claimed that the Defence Secretary Lloyd Austin, who we know... Uh, offered advice to President Biden more broadly about the withdrawal that was ignored, was very concerned about the situation at Abbey Gate and about these threats of an imminent terrorist uh, attack, uh, wanted security to be tightened at the airport, and yet Politico claimed that for some reason uh, the gate was left open, in part to allow British forces to continue facilitating the evacuation of British nationals from the Baron Hotel, close to the Abbey Gate uh, on the northern perimeter of the airport. The Pentagon tried to get this report uh, from being halted, its publication from being stopped. They reached out to Politico and warned the website that publication of the report was going to put American lives at risk because the evacuation efforts were still underway. Uh, they have been very uh, insistent that they won't, in public, uh, discuss the details of uh, the security operation that was in place at Abbey Gate. But I, I do think it's important to understand this in the context of President Biden going to Dover Air Force Base on Sunday, receiving the coffins of those 30 
seen slain American troops and the family members of one of the uh, dead soldiers saying afterwards that they believed that President Biden was entirely responsible for the death of their loved one and that all of those lives lost were on his hands. There's going to be an ongoing series of investigations into exactly what happened at that airport last Thursday. Simon, thank you very much indeed for that. It's going to be a very interesting evening ahead and of course you'll be able to hear, uh, thank you for that Simon, all the reaction to the speech from President Biden on LBC this evening. The President due to speak about quarter to eight our time. Uh, we'll get all the reaction to that of course with Ian Dale and Tom Swarbrick later here on LBC. The time is just gone quarter to four. <laughs> 